Welcome to Anaheim, Seattle Kraken, where the House of Mouse is down Catella and the House of Pain is at the Ponda. Let's hit it. Your Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, covering hockey for over a decade. A reminder, this podcast is free and available across all platforms. And thank you for making Locked On Ducks your first listen of the day. It is Friday. It's a game day. Yesterday was Goals Thursday. We got a game to talk about that happened Wednesday night against the Seattle Kraken. Their first ever visit to the Ponda. We're going to get right into it on today's podcast because we have a lot to talk about. So, uh, Ducks fans, how did you like the Kraken? How did you like seeing those sweet jerseys on the ice? I'll admit, the Kraken have, for my money, one of the better road jerseys in the entire National Hockey League. I do love their home jerseys, though. Those navy blues, those are freaking sweet. Anyway, let's talk about the game. It was all Ducks. They pretty much dominated from start to finish. First period, Trevor Zegers worked his magic again, but we we have to give credit to Kevin Shattenkirk, and we absolutely have to give credit to Sonny Milano. I thought Milano did a great job with that little bank pass off the boards, but Trevor Zegers, with the presence of mind to have a little bit of patience, they had patience and patience and patience until finally we saw a nifty goal from Trevor Zegers, his seventh of the season, And I kind of like what Ricard Raquel did here, is he kind of shielded just a little bit and gave a slight, very, very slight shove to Jared McCann, who went crashing towards the net and ended up barreling over his goalie, who at the time, I believe that was Grubauer in goal at the time. Yeah, uh, poor Gruby. (laughs) He was down for the count after that one. It was 1-0 Anaheim after that. And then... The special team's magic happened once again, where the elite 1C, Derek Grant, had a nice shorthanded goal. But this is also Seattle shooting themselves in the foot. And I think this is the difference between an expansion team and, I don't want to say a veteran team, but a team with some veteran presence, a team that has been through it and with good assistance. Let me explain. On the Kraken power play, they went with the 1-3-1, and the cycle game was kind of there. But Seattle's power play has been stagnant pretty much all season. They don't get enough cross-ice passes, not yet anyway, and they kind of stand still. That particular power play, with that unit, they went with the 1-3-1, where they have just one guy at the blue line. They have three guys along the faceoff dots. And then they have one guy either on the red line by the net or under the net. Either way, because of that 1-3-1, there was a pass back on that power play. I forget who made that pass. I want to say Johansson made that pass. And that was intended to be a pass back to one of the three guys on the faceoff dot. But that pass missed. And all of a sudden, I believe it was Derek Grant and Ryan Getzloff on the two-on-one breakaway opportunity that happened. But credit to Derek Grant, and he got this one unassisted. But I have to give the Elite 1C, yes, I'm going to say it, the hashtag Elite 1C, 
to have the presence of mind to get out on the break. And as soon as he recognized that the three players were behind him, he took off. And almost the whole time, he was kind of looking to his right, looking at Ryan Getzloff, where it looked like he was thinking pass. And at the time, I thought, oh, there's a decent pass right there. But the path for that pass closed immediately, and Derek Grant saw an opening. He saw a slight glimmer of sunshine on the net, and he saw Gruby kind of open his legs a little bit. So the Elite One C said, you know what, I got to take this shot. That was the perfect, perfect decision because the passing lane closed. Gruby opened his legs. He had the presence of mind to know that the players were coming right behind him. And this was the best chance to get a goal. And it was a nice goal that went five hole to make it two to nothing Anaheim. So credit to the decision making of Derek Grant right there. Second period, Ducks go on a power play where they had a little bit of a triangle offense in there. Troy Terry ended up with the rebounds, got the loose change to make it 3-0 Anaheim. That was it from there. Even though Ryan Donato did get a power play goal later in the second period on what I thought was a brilliant pass from Jordan Eberle. And by the way, that is how you're supposed to run a power play, is have a nice pass across the Royal Road. That's what you're supposed to do, Seattle. But that was their only goal of the game. The final goal of the game was courtesy of Sam Carrick, his sixth of the season. But man, I love that goal that was on a terrible angle, a bad angle goal from just about the red line that went off the skate of Dredger. That made it 4-1 to one Anaheim. That's your final score, ladies and gentlemen. The Anaheim Ducks won it 4-1, to one, and they improved their record. You ready for this, folks? The Anaheim Ducks, sorry, your first place Anaheim Ducks improved their record to 17-9-5. That is 39 points, first place in the Pacific Division behind behind is Calgary. And hey, look who's coming. The Vegas Golden Knights, they're coming to get you, Anaheim. Vegas has 36 points. They're quickly closing in on the Ducks. Can they catch him this week? Likely not. In fact, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that I think the Anaheim Ducks are going to be in first place in the division into the new year. There's exactly two weeks left until New Year's Eve. Oh my gosh, we're two weeks away, folks, from New Year's Eve. I think the Ducks will be in first place by the end of 2021. Can you just imagine how the hockey world is going to feel if they see December 31. Oh, wait, what? The Ducks are in first place? Yeah. Yeah, believe it, guys. Believe all that. All right, we're going to break down some of the stats and other numbers after this brief word from Omaha Steaks, which makes the perfect holiday gift. And they have some juicy, succulent meats, especially their burgers, for you to try. I had a burger recently. It was delectable. The holidays are just around the corner, and finding the perfect gift is tricky. Omaha Steaks makes it easy to send friends and family an unforgettable gift guaranteed to be loved. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter NHL into the search bar to order the perfect gift package. For $99.99, you'll get 24 entrees like the world-famous bacon-wrapped filet mignon, chicken breasts, sides, desserts, and so much more. 
when you use code NHL, you'll also get an additional eight Omaha Steaks burgers free with your order. We've all heard the reports about shortages and shipping delays, so don't wait. Order the perfect gift package today at omahasteaks.com and you'll get eight free burgers when entering the code NHL. Achieve gifting greatness with Omaha Steaks. Incredible flavor, incredible value, and 100% guaranteed. OmahaSteaks.com, keyword NHL. And folks, if you're in Southern California, you've got to try these burgers. They're super, super delicious. I mean, if bacon-wrapped filet mignons doesn't do it for you, I don't know what will. Bacon-wrapped anything is super, super delicious. So go ahead and try that now. And this show is also brought to you by Built Bar. Hey, why not have a Built Bar to complement your Omaha steaks? Can you imagine having a bacon-wrapped filet mignon that's delicious and then grabbing a Built Bar puff like the Ruby Marshmallow Puff, which is also very excellent? So yeah, have a Built Bar after your Omaha steak. You could try one of their many flavors of Built Bar covered in a chocolate fondue. You also have Built Boost. Flu season's coming. Hey, the cold weather is coming, so you definitely need a built boost to boost your abilities around the holidays. Yeah. So head over to built.com right now and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order of Built Bar. And try the Built Boost and Built Go and Built Puffs. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar in the land. All right. So I had mentioned their record for the Anaheim Ducks right now. They're 17-9-5. I mentioned the special teams. Let's talk about the special teams first. Let's break down some of these numbers. The Anaheim Ducks right now are fifth in the National Hockey League in power play percentage, 25.9% on their last game. The Ducks did get a power play goal. They were 1-for-2 on the power play. Seattle was 1-for-4. Seattle did get the power play goal, but they also allowed a shorty thanks to the Elite 1C. So Seattle's still struggling on power play percentage. They're still struggling on special teams in general. They are 21st in the league in power play. But anyway, back to the Ducks. Fifth in power play percentage. They are third. Third place in the penalty kill. The only teams above them on the PK are the Pittsburgh Penguins at 93%, my God, and the Carolina Hurricanes at 88.4%. The Anaheim Ducks, once again, I'll say this, they are third in the NHL in PK with 86.1%. Not often is a team in the top five in both categories. That's what's helping the Ducks along this season is their special teams. And part of that success on their special teams comes down to the kids. It comes down to having Milano and Zegris and Drysdale on power play units. That has been spectacular all season long. And credit to all the assistant coaches, the new assistants for the Ducks, helping that along. That's been the big difference between this season and last season. Remember last season's power play? Remember how historically bad it was? I remember it was under 10%. That's how bad the power play was last season. It was laughable. I think I made it a running joke on this podcast where I said, oh, hey, the Ducks didn't score in the power play again. Hey, they didn't score in the power play again. Hey, what else is new? They didn't score in the power play again. It was a running theme and I hated it. Hated it. 
but seeing the special teams this season has been a breath of fresh air and one that I think Ducks fans are kind of expecting now. They're expecting some greatness on the penalty kill and especially, especially on the power play. So those are some power play and PK stats. Typically, when a team is in the top five in both categories, they will make the playoffs. They'll go far in the playoffs. So am I saying that the Ducks are going to make the playoffs? I think we're 31 games in there in first place. They have, according to some pundits, they haven't fallen off yet, but they're going to fall off. No, this Ducks team is for real. I don't think they're going to fall off. I think this team is absolutely going to make the playoffs. Absolutely. But I'll have my midseason report card in a couple weeks. Actually, it's coming up pretty fast. The Ducks have already played 31 games this season. Game number 41 is going to take place the first week of January. Yeah, we're only three and a half weeks away from the midway point of the season for the Anaheim Ducks. And I give my midseason report card. Wow. Yeah, so it's 31. Looking at the calendar... Detroit. Thursday, January 6th is the halfway point of the season against the Red Wings. We'll see how the Ducks do during that time or after those games. Next 10 games, they have Arizona at Edmonton, at Calgary, at Vancouver, San Jose, Vancouver, at Vegas, at Colorado, Philly, and Detroit. The mid-season report card is going to be an interesting one this season. Very interesting. And some more little stats here. Um, Ever since the Ducks had that losing streak snapped, they've been on one. Since Halloween, they've been 15-5-2. Let me repeat that. The last 22 games, they are 15-5-2. The first win of that stretch was against the Montreal Canadiens on Halloween. And then you had that great game, November 2nd, against the Devils. The El Capitan game, where it was about El Capitan, the Dia de los Muertos game. Ever since that stretch, the Ducks have seemingly been unstoppable. In fact, here's the losses that the Ducks have had. The seven losses have been against Carolina, a very good team. At Nashville, who's pretty good at home. At Colorado, they've been well recently. Versus the Maple Leafs, who are a very good team. Versus Calgary, another very good team. At Washington, probably one of the best, probably the best team in the league right now. And the one nothing lost to Pittsburgh, who are still a good team. And that was just Casey DeSmith going off. Those seven losses, um, none of those losses are against bad teams. And that's the big difference between this year's Ducks and Ducks years past. Even the 2017 or 2018 Ducks, they had some bad losses against some bad opponents. We haven't seen a bad loss like that, maybe, no, not even since Buffalo, because Buffalo was streaking back then, and at least the Ducks got a point out of that one. The Ducks haven't had a bad, like a supremely bad loss this season. You got to feel good if you're a Ducks fan, thinking about the fact that they haven't lost hardly any games against lesser opponents. Those seven losses that I mentioned, they're all teams with very high winning percentages, I think all of them have an above 600 winning percentage. That's pretty impressive. And if you're the rest of the league, 
you've got to take some notice on who the Ducks are beating and who they're losing to, which is some very good teams. They can hang with those guys. So that's the other thing. They can hang with them. So just one more little comparison, like one more little statistical comparison. This is the Ducks' best start since the 2014-2015 season. After 31 games in that season, they were 26-5. and Yeah, right now, as I mentioned, the Ducks have a very good record. They are 17-9-5. In that 24-2015 season, they were 17-6-5. So three fewer losses. I mean, if we compare this current Ducks roster to the 2014-2015 roster, the leaders right now are Troy Terry. Like, they're a bunch of kids. Troy Terry is leading the way. That 2014-2015 season was led by some veterans and some guys in their prime. It was Ryan Kessler still in his prime, prime Corey Perry still, and prime Ryan Getzloff. Getze had 70 points that season. He was leading the charge all the way through. Those were all guys that were about 30 years old. They were still in their prime. That's how that team was led. This year, let the kids play. This year, the kids are doing their thing. And this is where it has to be very encouraging for Ducks fans. Because these young kids are still not in their primes yet. And I think about that 2014-2015 season pretty often because of how weird it was, because of how shocking it ended. We could have, we really should have had a Ducks-Rangers-Stanley Cup final. But as we remember, the Ducks lost that Game 7 at home to the Chicago Blackhawks in bad fashion. Although not as embarrassing as the New York Rangers losing Game 7 at home. But I think it was more embarrassing for the Rangers. Because they got shut out at home twice. They lost game 5 at home. 2-0 to Tampa Bay. And then they lost game 7. By that same score. So I don't know who feels worse. Rangers fans or Ducks fans that season. Because the Rangers had some lofty expectations. Given that they had been in the Stanley Cup final the previous season. But Ducks fans. Oh oh boy. That was a rough summer. That was a very very rough summer. And by the way, the coach of that team in 2015, Bruce Boudreaux, who, by the way, Bruce is doing a pretty good job in Vancouver. I'm sure you guys have taken notice of that, but Bruce Boudreaux, six games, six wins for Vancouver. But that's just a little side note. Bruce Boudreaux knows how to get the best out of his teams and really could have gotten the Ducks to the Stanley Cup that season, if not for Chicago. Boo, Chicago. All right, we're going to head into the second intermission but let's talk about betonline.ag, which is the one place that has you covered and the one place that we absolutely trust. And you have the NHL in full mode right now, the NBA coming close to those Christmas games, and of course, the NFL is coming down to the wire. And speaking of coming down to the wire, how about that game at SoFi last night between the Chargers and the Chiefs? Oh boy. So if you want to check out all the latest lines, head over to betonline.ag and use promo code LOCKED ON to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Once again, that's betonline.ag, the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And please gamble responsibly. 
Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez, and we have some news and notes, and we have a correction and retraction from the first couple segments. So let's get to that first. I make it no secret that I record the segments at separate times in case there's any news. And in this case, there is some very important Ducks news and league-wide news at large. Let's get to the story involving the Ducks first, and this involves three NHL teams, the Flames, the Avalanche, and the Panthers. This statement came from the NHL just this hour. Quote, The NHL announced today that it has extended the period of game postponements for the Calgary Flames through their game previously scheduled for December 23rd against Seattle. Additionally, due to concern with the number of positive cases within the last two days, as well as concern for continued COVID spread in the coming days, the Colorado Avalanches and Florida Panthers games also will be be postponed at least through the scheduled completion of the league's holiday break in the schedule on December 26th. So here's the games that are postponed. The Panthers postponed games. There's three of them. At Minnesota, at Chicago versus Nashville. Colorado has four games. Versus Tampa Bay, at Detroit, at Buffalo, and at Boston. Calgary has a slew of games that are postponed. There's the December 13th game at Chicago. The game this past Tuesday at Nashville. Yesterday's game versus Toronto. Tomorrow's game versus Columbus. Then you also have the December 21st game against the Ducks and the December 23rd game versus the Kraken. So some pretty big news there. Honestly, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that we're having this level of postponements. I'm also very much not surprised that the Ducks are involved. We knew this was a possibility, especially with Calgary missing games recently. That's why I was a little bit adamant to say there should be a halfway point, this should be made up, etc., etc. I was anticipating that maybe these would be postponed. And especially Calgary because they're up in Canada. They have their own set of guidelines up in Canada. So once again, the December 21st game is postponed. That's the game between the Anaheim Ducks and the Calgary Flames. That makes that road trip a little bit easier because... Now the Ducks don't have that back-to-back against Calgary. Now they just have two games on that schedule. So the upcoming schedule, they have a game tonight versus the Coyotes, Monday at Edmonton, then they have a couple days off, then they're at Vancouver on December 23rd, and that is heading into the holiday break, which is a short one this time, which now means, and this is where the correction comes from, the Ducks halfway point of the season will not be against Detroit. The halfway marker will be Saturday, January 8th against the New York Rangers. Hmm. That could be an interesting game in and of itself. So that will be the official halfway point of the season. Yeah, we'll see how the Ducks fare after 41 games. Taking Calgary off the schedule for now it definitely helps. <laughs> it helps the Ducks out a lot. So, yeah, we'll we'll just see how things go. As far as the three teams shutting it down, it's it's the right decision. I mean, the Omicron variant is spreading. We have more people in general across a plethora of leagues. You know, you have three teams shutting it down in the National Hockey League. The NFL, they're not going to postpone any games because they're the NFL. 
They're just going to update their protocols and that's it. But the NFL is not going to go and postpone games. There's too much money there. The NHL, at least they at least they made a decision to postpone games for three teams heading into the holiday break. And I I ranted about this on Wednesday. There are still fans out there saying, shut the whole thing down after the holiday season. Look, it's very difficult to shut down an entire league for a week. It's highly difficult. Doing it this way, it at least gives the teams that have outbreaks, it gives them a chance to recover. And for teams that don't have any positive cases or no players under COVID protocol, look at the Ducks. The Ducks have been relatively unscathed this season as far as COVID. They've been taking care of themselves, which is very good to hear. The Ducks have not had any games postponed up until next week. Their schedule's been fine this season. So why punish some of those teams that are doing well with COVID? Yeah, why punish them and shut down the league as a whole? Do it this way. The teams that need that time to recover, give them the time to recover. And it helps out the Calgary Flames and the Florida Panthers. It gives them time to have all their players recover. It sucks that the league didn't do this for teams like St. Louis where they were short players. It sucks for those teams. But at least now the league is kind of taking the proper steps to right things. That's what I like about this move most of all. So once again, games postponed for Calgary, Florida, and Colorado until after the holiday break. And the other advantage for Calgary and Florida, they have the arena availability. So they have the ability to make up some of those games during the holiday break. And this is assuming, of course, that NHL players will not be heading to Beijing for the Olympics. And it's looking less and less likely that we're going to see NHL players in the Olympics. So if there is no Olympics, that gives several teams a chance to catch up on their games. And some teams have better arena availability than others. Calgary has some hitman game, but that's about it. Florida only has three events for that three-week period. That's it. Florida can easily make up those games during the holiday break. So I anticipate, if the NHL is smart, I anticipate there being some games during that break in February, during the quote-unquote Olympic break, which we're probably no longer going to have, and do it then. Do it then, but most importantly, take care of yourselves. And I say this not only to the hockey players, but to everyone listening. You know, it is wintertime. Take care of yourselves. If you haven't been vaccinated yet, get the vaccine. If you haven't been boosted yet, go ahead and do it. I know it kicked my butt a couple weeks ago, but I also got the flu shot with it because I didn't want to be sick during the holidays, during January, when there's a slew of games happening. That's just for my protection. But, you know, like I say every day, take care of yourselves. Be safe out there. Please be safe out there. So that's how we're going to end things with tonight's or today's podcast. I know it's kind of a maudlin way to end the podcast, but again, those are the latest news out of the National Hockey League. Oh, and the other kind of story that I forgot to mention involving the Western Conference, Paul Maurice, he resigned as the coach of the Winnipeg Jets, saying that the Jets needed a new voice. He'd been there for eight plus seasons. If it wasn't going to happen with him, then he figured, let's just quit immediately. 
So the other noteworthy story is Paul Maurice is out as the Winnipeg Jets coach. We'll see who his replacement is in the coming days. Although it won't affect the Ducks too much because they've already played Winnipeg all three times this season back in October. Yeah, that season series is already done. The Ducks have already played Winnipeg and lost to them twice. So yeah, we'll see how it goes. All right. Thank you all so much for listening. It is greatly appreciated. And I appreciate each and every one of you listening, sending your comments all the time. You guys are all awesome. The Ducks fan base is stronger than ever, especially all the veteran Ducks fans that have stuck around. You guys are all incredible. So thank you all. Uh, Don't forget that this podcast is free and available across all platforms, including Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, among others. Once again, thank you for making this your first listen of the day. Don't forget to make Locked On Bets your second listen of the day. And hey, why not check out Locked On NHL as well? And I will give a shout out to Locked On Lakers because I, I mentioned that I do love basketball too. I am a Lakers fan first. And I love those guys. So check out Locked On Lakers as well. They are awesome. And hey, Locked On Angels as well. Definitely killing it on the Angel side. So check out Locked On Angels as well. My buddy across Catella. All right. Thank you all so much. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. My personal Twitter is at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. The email address is LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. Thank you all so very much. Have a good weekend, everyone. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a good weekend. Please continue to be safe out there. Be kind to one another. And Ducks, fly together. Fly together.